Hello world, I'm Shawa Evans. And I'm Stanley Wiggins. And this is Black Black Hipster, Hipster, where we talk about black pop culture, gay pop culture, black gay pop culture, and and sometimes sometimes other other shit. shit. <laughs> You're so far away, my dear. How are you doing? I'm well on this here Monday morning. Lovely Monday. Yes. Wait. <laughs> it's like Monday morning. It is oh, God. Monday night. Yes. It's been a long day. Look, mm-hmm. I didn't eat today. I forgot my lunch. Well, you did eat. You had some. I had what was just it? kale. Like... Kale. But hold on. When you said the kale was microwave, so was it wilted? No, 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 no. I cooked yesterday. So it's Passover right now. It's mm-hmm. Actually, it's not Passover. It's Kogmatso. It's Passover only lasts the first day. Mm-hmm. The rest of the week is called Kogmatso, which is the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Mm. So yeah, just a little history. It's Chag Matzot. That word. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. Um, anywho, so you know, I definitely have to bring my own lunch, mm-hmm. and I brought some matzah and some almond butter, and then I also packed what I thought was leftovers from dinner last night, which was like turkey, sweet potatoes, and kale. Mm, that sounds I cooked delicious. kale. It was. Mm-hmm. It was actually really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I made salmon cakes. Sorry, I'm so burpy. I fried salmon cakes and I made some kale. It was delicious. And some sweet potatoes, which came out different than I intended, but were they, they mashed were still potatoes? good. Mashed potatoes? I made mashed sweet potatoes and I made like, kind of like sweet potato home fries, like mm-hmm. peppers and onions and all that good stuff. Um, but then I thought I had brought my lunch, but I grabbed the wrong Tupperware and I just grabbed the Tupperware that was just filled with kale. Was it cooked so, kale? Yes, it's okay, cooked that's kale. Good, I was leftovers thinking... right. from the dinner. And I just, you know, you put your stuff away. You mm-hmm. put the top away. You put it in the fridge. Oh, man. Well, my surprise. I I'm sit sorry. down in a meeting at that at like 3 o'clock. So you weren't So I wasn't at all. even eating until 3 and I go to eat and it's nothing but kale. So I ate the kale. Oh. It was, I didn't even eat all of it because it was just like, am I going to just sit here and eat kale? People as delicious as like, it was. Really? No, I don't think anyone was paying me any attention. Everybody was busy. Okay. So, no. So, forgive me if I'm a little off because a bitch hungry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been a couple of hours. <laughs> Came since home and was tearing up some matzah. <laughs> <laughs> and matzah is like the driest uh, thing you can but eat. She, what did you have? Ever? Peanut butter? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, I don't like peanut butter, but I oh, understand. I, it, I'm, I'm, I'm good. And a lot of people won't even eat peanuts mm-hmm. during Passover. I think because their understanding was that peanuts was a bean, and it's a legume. Okay, I was like, it's it's peanuts? no, they're because they're not nuts. Yeah, yeah, but they're a legume, and it's just like it's not that serious. Like, well, your sister was telling me that she is sometimes iffy about chocolate because it comes from a because bean. Because cocoa comes from a bean, but it's stupid. Like mm-hmm. nowhere in any of the rules and regulations does it say chill with the beans mm-hmm. like you literally are just like you can't eat leavening right comets mm-hmm. and corn corn is specifically named mm-hmm. sorry corn um but that's pretty much it so it's like all the other stuff we cut out it's more traditional yeah um but it's not actual like law okay so yeah, i couldn't show not. up with a loaf of bread and you know some like lobster that would probably be a bad thing well, lobster in itself, unkosher at all times. So beyond Passover, I know, but it would be wonderful. No lobster. Like, here you go. Show up with some cornbread mm-hmm. and some lobster. And some lobster. So, why don't you just bring a whole little clam bake, mm-hmm. right? And do we sausage? Throw all that in mm-hmm. there. Little pork. <laughs> like, this is delicious. You're the worst. 
But you guys came for Passover we dinner. We did come for Passover. Did you enjoy? I did. I've come. This was my second time, mm-hmm. I think, um, doing Passover with your sister and her family. And it was good. Yeah. yeah. The food was delicious. I had some of the lamb. Yeah, I tried well, you, a little you, bit of it. Even Yash had to eat the lamb. He's mm. vegetarian. You have to have some of the lamb. Oh. You do. It's it's just one of those things. No, I I had some of it. It was delicious. It was delicious. Yeah, yeah and the the lamb was really the good. lamb was really good. What else did we have? We had was there chicken? Turkey. Turkey. She made a big ass turkey. And then there was mashed potatoes, which I made. Which you I made, made the mashed yes. potatoes and the cabbage. I was going to ask you, and the cabbage was good. You know, yeah. I love mashed potatoes. So, um, yeah, were they were they tasty? They were good. Yeah, they, they, I was. They reminded me of my recipe, but <laughs> wait, your I, recipe where you add a little bit of Dawn dish liquid? <laughs> yeah, because the last the... time you made mashed potatoes, I remember that's what it tasted. Yeah, like. yeah I let the dishes sit in there for about a day, <laughs> and then I took a little a spoon, just a spoonful of the water, and put it in there, and just 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 a dollop. Yeah, just a dollop. <laughs> Give them a little taste, a little but... a little something extra. It's delicious. <laughs> I can't. Um, did you guys do anything? In, oh, for EC, you were... Um, I was in Philly. In Philly. With the fiancé's family. And they did Passover. Passover. Right. And because I should know some of this stuff, just going to Brandeis and then knowing you mm-hmm. and then, you know, dating him. But they had, they said that they had a, on Saturday night, mm-hmm. we didn't have, like, we ordered Chinese food. <laughs> so is that it? But, oh, no, but, but you know, they... <laughs> So, so they're not keeping Kagmatsu. Oh, they ordered ribs, which is oh, clearly geez. pork. Clearly pork. <laughs> That's hilarious. So and it was Easter dinner at that point. It was Easter dinner. <laughs> yeah. The Chinese food was amazing. And then the next day, his mom, who they usually do something traditional, but they just came over and they had, she made brisket mm-hmm. and she made chicken for me. And then she made um, potatoes and Brussels sprouts. Like latkes? Um, what do you mean? Oh, no. Like. Never mind. Potato pancakes a lot. Cause oh, no, no. I know a lot. Yes, no. Potatoes. No, they were just those small, round, white potatoes. Mm-hmm. And then, um, first of all, the potatoes and the Brussels sprouts were, like, fucking amazing. They were the best Brussels sprouts I've ever had. Mm. They were made. The potatoes were delicious. And then she made... She's a really good cook. And then she made um, a, um, a salad, a beet salad. Mm-hmm. But she had, um, excuse me, lox in it. Salmon. Excuse me. I had never had that before, and it was good. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I've definitely never had that before. <laughs> yeah, so it was... I think people uh, get really weird about locks. I mean, obviously, I grew up eating it, so I like it. Yeah, you like it. I had never really had it until you introduced me to it. I had probably tasted it before, mm-hmm. and then I got into it when you when you told me about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, let's get into it. So, okay, you did right. not watch Homecoming this weekend. I did weekend. not watch Homecoming. The Beehive is going to come and get you. It's, I don't have... You are I just... Was away it's this Netflix. Weekend. Yeah, but I wasn't going to... I didn't go to his family house. We left. We Friday, we were with you guys. How did you guys go? You took the train, the bus? We took the train. We took the train. That's when you watch Homecoming. That bitch what, was what two hours long. It was like over two hours, wasn't it? <laughs> it was like... I think it was like two hours and 15 minutes. Hold on, but you didn't like finish that. watching the whole thing. I didn't. No, because <laughs> Al, my baby mom, mm-hmm. <laughs> was not here for it. So I was but, allowed to watch an hour of it. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, so I have to watch the rest on my own time. So, so when are you going to watch the rest? Um, I don't know. At some point during this week, I'm going to watch that. All right, because then we'll both watch it and then we'll discuss what we thought about it. Did you like what you saw, the, at least the first hour? It was it was okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I... I don't know. I'm not blown away. I will say this. 
there's one part where they're rehearsing and it's the guys dancing and stepping and this girl she's also a part of the show but they just capture her reaction as she's watching this guy and it's just it's the most amazing thing ever and i'm like she's so into it it's one of those things you know she was like "Mm, mm, you better go like she's making the ugliest faces and i was like that girl is probably both super happy and excited that they captured that much of her because it went on for a little while Mm -hmm. in this beyonce documentary but she's probably also mad that she looked the way she does (laughs) <laughs> the way she oh, did. like she's in practice and uh, no, like she's just like she's so into what the guy's doing, and she's making those ugly, mm-hmm. you know, fa- in- faces of encouragement. It's so funny. You know those very well. I love that part. I thought it was so funny, oh, um, I and I was it. just saying she's probably very pleased and also kicking herself in the butt. <laughs> Oh, Beyonce. Yeah, yeah. Those the the things that were like the intimate looks into you know the creation of it and whatever. I thought they were gonna be a little more compelling mm-hmm. than they were, but th- I think it was still beautiful to see. Right, you get these just these young, black, eager people just mm-hmm. putting this work of art together. Yeah, it was amazing in that regard. But of course, like Beyonce doesn't give us much of her, so yeah, she, when she's never gonna give us that much of a peek into her personal life and her persona. Yeah, which I'm, which I'm okay with. Right. Um. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I always wonder what is she gonna do, like, because you know, how some people who knows how long she's gonna be able to perform. She will be able to perform, but then certain things change as you get older, well, I and think- then. I think Beyonce will continue to be able to perform because she's a robot. Yes. So she's not going to age. Yeah, she's going to They're just like, going to have to tune up her up mm-hmm. and rewire her like every six years. Yeah, we'll be, Beyonce will be like 58. We're like, we're going to that Beyonce concert, y'all. We're going to see her. They're like, oh, no, she's doing everything. And she's she'll doing, look exactly She's doing the all same. albums. She's doing her whole, all of her albums. <laughs> all 50 of all them. All 50 of her albums. It's nice. so it's like a, she's doing like a 20 city tour. And uh, no, twenty like country two, tour. Yeah, it'd be like two thousand city yeah, tour. Yeah, like Beyonce is going everywhere. <laughs> she's only getting one break, and she's doing every single album that she's ever done, every single song, videos, dancing, nonstop. Yeah. <laughs> well, did you see Michelle Obama's message on I Instagram? Did. I did. I was mm-hmm. like, child. I don't know whether to hate Beyonce or love Beyonce, but I was like, what? Michelle Obama did a goddamn PSA. Mm-hmm. And I think clearly that's just, that was Netflix, you know. Oh, well, hold up. Because the Obamas, they're working with Netflix. Oh, that's, all these rumors they that have, they, they're going to have a show or something. I didn't hear they, about they're that. They're in development with something with Netflix, so it would make sense that they were like, please do this. <laughs> well, and it's good because I didn't know Michelle Obama was still doing her book tour. She better go that is right. Because, you know, they... Apparently, they said that she only they extended it, so mm-hmm. the book has been doing so well. Right. I, I read somewhere that it may be, it, it might go down as the best selling memoir in history or something like that. I know that's right. But I don't Forever know. I just floated. read. I just saw that. But I do remember hearing about this. They both got paid sixty million dollars or something for both of these books. Yes, Obama. And they said that the 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 publishing house. It was a risk that they were taking because they were like, well, how compelling is it going to be? And then I guess it's... Did they not see how much... If 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 even only every black person over the age of 18 bought the book, mm-hmm. uh, that's paper. Yeah. Are they crazy? Yeah, she, she's doing very well. I Do mean, they I... not understand that that's how Forever Float is? We almost talk about her 
every episode every of this episode. podcast. We're talking about now. She just came. We were talking about Beyonce, and then it went to Michelle. Yeah, it's, because it should always it should always should go back always to go back to Michelle yeah. Obama. Forever floateth. We love you. We love you. We do. <laughs> that is one woman I'd be a groupie for all day. Okay. I don't care how anybody feels about it. And I think other people, people in the world agree yes, with you. Yes, they should. Yeah, I think, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it also doesn't help that we're in Trump era. It makes us cling to her that mm-hmm. much more. Yeah, we saw how they were in the White House and how they were just very dignified and classy. Yeah, and, and then, then now- also didn't create a racist and segregated exactly. society. <laughs> and and I think too with her being when did the me did the Me Too movement hit when they were out of the White House? Or, yeah. So yeah, with that too, and then her doing her but it was to me it was all planned. I don't know if they rushed it, but you know, Me Too came out, her book was out, she had her reputation of being, you know, very intelligent woman, Ivy League graduate um educated and a lawyer and, you know, a mother and all of these things. And then the Me Too movement, I think definitely propelled it helped i think they both fed off of each other i mean that's a larger movement than she is wait who are you talking i'm so confused michelle obama the book right but what did that have to do with me too no 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 i think just the fact that i think that contributes to us loving her so much because there's been this there's this movement of 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 you know me too speaking up against men speaking up against the institutionalized like sexism and then she's an example i think for a lot of people men and women of I don't want to say the type of woman. Yeah, I think for some people, the type of woman they want to be, the type mm. of woman they want, the type of friend, sister, whoever that they want, they look up to. Auntie. And auntie, yeah. And I think that it, 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 I think the Me Too movement sort of parallel with that. I think it definitely, you look at that and then you look at her and all that she stands for and you think, yeah, this is what I want to do. This is where I want to be. I want to be someone who's strong and who she's went through all of these things because of her race and because of her sex, but she still carries herself and is in a certain way and is successful and still very much open about certain things. Like it's not easy being a mom. It's not easy being a, a mother and a black woman and the, the first black first lady. Mm-hmm. Eh, I don't know. I think it's just it's good timing. Yeah. Well, speaking of timing, mm-hmm. I'm going to pivot. Yes. Um, in pivot. the interest of time, because we have to talk about this LGBT barbecue mm-hmm. okay first of all the author of that yahoo article i was reading was very cheeky about this mm-hmm. but it is very true mm-hmm. barbecue does not begin with a q so it was already a stretch for this ass wipe mm-hmm. of a barbecue truck owner mm-hmm. to put out these shirts i support lgbtq and that the Q said for barbecue. I can't. Like, people are well, really Where crazy. was it again? It was in Williamson. Was it Virginia? It was in Kentucky. Kentucky. Oh, yes. one of my favorites. Okay. So it was in Kentucky. <laughs> yes, Kentucky. And then, oh, wait. I'm forgetting what the, what the stupid crap stood for now. Um, The LGBTQ. Yeah, pull, pull that up. It stood for... That's how much I tried to erase it out of my mind. I just remember the Q standing for barbecue and the T standing for Trump. Uh, because you know, was it liberties or something? No, it was it was like the the most asinine, ridiculous thing that obviously had nothing to do with gay rights, and people were offended as they should have been. Yeah, people were highly offended. But the worst part was it wasn't even the fact that he put it up; it was the fact that after it had gone viral, the more people were offended, the more the shirt sold out. Mm-hmm. 
which is right. insane. It, it stood for Liberty Guns, Bible, Trump, and Barbecue. Oh, it was Liberty. Liberty Guns, Bible, Trump, and Barbecue. Yes. So ridiculous. But notice that Trump is in there. Yeah, because, the Trump is in there. You know. And then it's not like, I don't think, from what I've read, guns. and maybe you can speak to, you can, yeah, all the things that, you know, people are having an issue with right now. But I don't think he spoke to... Was he accepting of LGBT, like gay people? Was he a trans? No, or... he was just trying to make a play on the word, and it was just it was in bad taste. But I feel like, and yeah, and I feel like too, there was him putting that Trump in it to me, and then using that acronym was definitely him also taking a stance against. Absolutely, those it was saying yes. no. This is the only LGBTQ mm-hmm. I fucks with. I stand. For. Oh, for sure. But the, the, the Trump, the Trump version, which includes guns and barbecue, but and, and probably hamburgers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have to find his his what they were saying was his his um like apology because he was just like, listen. Oh, the apology was ridiculous. He's like, well, people know what we're about. We apologize. If we have offended any groups of people, organizations, or individuals with our shirts, we respect all beliefs and lifestyles and want no ill will towards anyone. Wait, That's no. The it. best part, though, was that he said, um, I posted this shirt today um, for new swag that just went out of hand, blah, 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 blah. He said something along the lines of like, this is, I think you read a different article because the one that I was reading showed the actual apology. Mm-hmm. And he said something to the effect of, like, um, you know, I'm just trying to basically was trying to do something good or something positive for anybody who knows him knows that and that they're actually the ones that are being, um, they're harassing. Mm-mm. They're harassing him actually because of these messages. About being offended. And it was just like, are you serious right now? Mm-hmm. You're really trying to make yourself the victim right now? Because <laughs> because people are offended at some ridiculous shit that you did that they absolutely should be offended by? Like, that's insane. Yeah. He said, um, it was so ridiculous. I'm trying to see if I can find this stupid apology. Anyway, if I don't, it's... it's anyway, we got the gist of it, but, um... It's just, it's insane that he tried to turn that around. Oh, like, he's the the victim now, actually, because he's being harassed. So, those are the people mm-hmm. who are discriminatory. Because it's, it's like, no, <laughs> that's like, not the way that works. Man. And then they said there were so many people who were just like, wow, freedom of speech is really dead. I'm going to buy a bunch of shirts. So, people are buying the shirts out to prove a point. And the only point they're proving is that they're racist. Mm-hmm. That's it. They're and racist, that's pretty and much what sexist, it comes down and they're to. They're all me. of the isms. It, it yeah, it it I feel like people I was watching this video speaking I was watching this video of this guy who was going off against this like um guy who was Muslim and and the sto- I don't know where he was, but he I think he was like around 36 37 years old mm-hmm. and he he was uh, excuse me, an army vet or he was excuse me, wasn't actually inactive, wasn't on active status, active duty or whatever. So he wasn't in the army. He was in the cell phone store and he was talking. He's like, what's your name? What's your name, guy? And the guy's like, I forget his name. But he, you know, say he said Muhammad. He's like, that's, that's the stupidest name I've ever heard. He's like, I'm over here. He's like, I've been killing you guys for the past six months. And now you have this guy working in this store and he storms a woman's video 
a woman's recording him. And then she, and then as he's walking, the guy was really nice behind the counter. Uh, you know, obviously he had an accent and then she's just yelling at him. And then he leaves and the woman's like, you need to stop. That's enough. And he's like, and then the first thing out of his mouth was, I'm not going to listen to no bitch. I'm not going to listen to what a bitch has to say. And he just keeps walking. Mm -hmm. So it's like, yeah, the racism and then it's sexism. Mm -hmm. And then started going at the woman like, I've been killing these people for, you know, for longer than you've been alive. After just saying that it's only been a couple of months. And he's like, I'm older than you. And she was like, I'm 54, sir. I, I don't think that's true. And he was like, how, she, he was like, well, that's nice. How old are you? He, and she was like, well, how do you? He's like, I'm 36. And she was like, okay, okay. And like, oh, it was just the stupidity, I think, of just this person. And then you're thinking, where does this come from? I always wonder, where does this come from? Because I feel like there are some people who are, what is the word? Who are not ignorant in the sense of like, they probably don't know what's going on. Like these, like people who are buying the shirts, they probably don't know the full story. And I think there are some people you can sit down and you can have a conversation with them and maybe they'll see your side of it. But I feel like there are certain people, the core group, who are just angry and they're just filled with hate. And I don't, yeah. you don't know That guy that is angry from. and filled with hate. <laughs> that guy is without a doubt. And for me, it's just like, if you even consider buying the shirt, something's wrong with your brain. Because it's hard, if you're over a certain age at least, it's it, it's hard for me to believe that you didn't see that and could understand how that's offensive and it's not funny. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that there are certain things that are offensive that I probably do find funny. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. and, but there are also, and, and, and even with that though, I know it's offensive, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? I'm probably not going to buy a shirt mm -hmm. and wear it around on my chest like it's cute. And then there's some things that I think are offensive that are just plain offensive. They're not funny and they breed hate so, and it, I'm not here for it. So how do you, like for you, like how do you feel? Because comedians are often sort of targeted for this or someone may say a regular person, comedians, we'll go with comedians. So when they come up with jokes and then you feel like, you know, there are some people who are going to be offended, but where do you think that fine line is between sort of poking fun at something? And even if it's still a little bit of, I don't want to say offensive, but like, for instance, like of my, like when I was with, like my brother's handicapped. And so we used to tease him sometimes because he's handicapped, like he's <laughs> paralyzed on the left side. So we like, Demetrius, why doesn't the rest of your body work? Or like, we used to say something like, we, my aunt used to call him half a body. She used to walk like, come on here, half a body. You know, we would all laugh because it was funny. <laughs> So, it, at the, like, um, I was with um, Josh, his family, and then they had a friend, and his, his actually his great uncle had a friend, and he used to, he was mentally challenged, maybe more physically, and they used to call him March of Dimes, and that was his name, and everybody just called him March of Dimes, <laughs> and they all laughed, and I'm like, it's kind of funny, but where do you, where does it reach a, like, we, you mentioned too, kitchen table talk, and all these different things, right. and maybe, maybe in a certain crowd of people, you can talk about those things, but maybe out in the public, there are certain things you can't touch, right. but then how does one, like, if I was a comedian, or you were a comedian, where do you, it's a fine line, it seems like, I wonder, for you, how do you figure out? You mean me personally? Yeah, like, like what, how, do you, what do you What think? I'm not going to laugh at, and what I am going to laugh I at? I guess you can answer that question, and also too, like, when do you, if you're watching something, when do you feel like, ah... Uh, that wasn't funny. That was offensive. I think sometimes for me, it's it's who's delivering it and what the delivery is. Mm -hmm. So if a white male comedian gets up there and wants to do an impersonation of a black woman, mm -hmm. and it's all neck rolling mm -hmm. and let me tell you, I'm probably not going to think it's funny. Mm -hmm. Unless 
it's really fucking funny. Like if I see, you know what I mean? If I see me in there or I see somebody I know in there, I might still be a little bit offended and feel some kind of way that it's, you know, Dane Cook doing Mm -hmm. it. But I might be able to laugh and be like, it's offensive, but it's so true. (laughs) You know, but also too, I think if it's harmless, right? If it's not... Okay, like the if once you throw Trump into it, if you're like, yeah, I love barbecue too. Mm-hmm. I, I support LGBTQ, mm-hmm. liberty guns. But like, if a comedian got up there and said that, once Trump came out of his mouth, mm-hmm. it wasn't funny. It would have just been like, where's this joke going? Yeah. And then he dropped Trump and it'd be like, all right, you're taking it too far. That thing is highly controversial mm-hmm. and it's divisive. Yeah. And yeah, it's just one of those things. Because it's like, you know, we poke fun at Donald Trump all day, every day. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's funny to us. Like, you know, watch The Daily Show. Watch John Oliver. It's hilarious. And there's probably some Trump supporter out there that thinks it's it's foul oh my, it's offensive. Uh, yes, of course. Well, not not probably. We know it. They're all yes, they are, yeah. going on and on about it every day. But, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at that from a different perspective. But, you know, it might be... Like a comedian that says or does something about Obama and it might be funny to me, mm-hmm. but it just depends, I think, on who it is and the delivery because it's what the intent is. And if it's just some random, like, white talking head, I'm probably not going to be here for it. I, I agree because exactly what it, it is. And I don't know how to explain it because we talked about this and I even talk about it with Josh. Um, a bit, and I want to bring him to what you do it. But sometimes I'll catch him, like he'll say something, and he'll he'll sometimes he likes to if my family's he'll say certain things like my family members, and I'll catch him. He goes, I'm sorry, but it was funny how Jeffrey said that, or like my brother or something, and he he'll like put his little spin on it. And you know, of course, that's between he and I. But we were talking too about like um, that movie Tropic Thunder. Remember with oh, John yeah, Robert Downey Jr. He plays yeah, the yeah. the black guy. And, and it's and it's all yeah, the things I he thought does it was say hilarious. highly offensive, but hilarious. no one was bothered by it. Mm-hmm. No one. That movie they 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 went unscathed. They, they really went under the radar well, with that. Apparently Josh told me that apparently that they had screened they had sent the movie to the NAACP. And, and I was just like, well, that doesn't mean... Right, oh, well, it's the NAACP says of course, it's you know, okay. They They're going to present it at the all-black people Yeah, like, we're all going to be like, okay, they speak for us. <laughs> and of course, we're all different. And I think one of the things like I was telling Josh, I think when you're a comedian or when you're doing something it, like that, I think it's always good to show the other side. When you're poking fun at it, to show the... Like, in the movie, they had that guy who calls Robert Downey Jr. Out out. Right. on it. And then he still continued to do it, but it was just like, well, that, I think made us realize that, okay, well, they aren't completely... It's that already it was absurd. them also poking fun Yes, and then they were, uh, they were aware of what was going on. Right. And I think that was... Because I have, because I thought Robert Downey Jr. did an excellent job <laughs> with that. And just his mannerism, his tone. Because it's a way that people speak. And uh, it was really good. But I like the fact that they had that black guy in the movie call him out. Like, right. you think all black people speak like this? Is that what we do? And it was like, no, that's... But I think also, too, it was very apparent in the movie. A, it was, oh, no, it, it was, was. comedy. That it was absurd. Yeah, it wasn't supposed to be taken seriously. Because it wasn't showed. a white guy playing an Indian guy in mm-hmm. a robot movie. Yes. you know, it was, it was a white guy playing blackface essentially, and everyone knew it. Yeah, and thought it was insane. Thought it was insane. Yeah, he was, it wasn't just about... Robert Downey Jr. playing a black character. Yes, it was. This, he was playing this actor who was also who was playing a black, and they showed 
some of the clips from his other movies, like he was this acclaimed actor, and you could tell how exactly. they were right. like that. But I think, I think to me, I wonder did they go the extra mile because them as writers or them, you know, whoever they screened it, they're watching, they're thinking this is absurd, but maybe other people aren't going to get, get this. It. Right. And I think they probably added that in. I think just to. To cover their bases. Right. But the joke was also on Robert Downey Jr. Oh, definitely. In that regard. Yeah. Yeah. So, we were laughing at him. We were laughing at so him. So, he yeah. wasn't making a joke at the expense of black people. He was the joke. Yeah. I at think the expense of black people. And that's very different. Yes. I think that that's, it's a fine line when you do things like that. I think it's right. very hard to do. And, um, yeah. Yeah. We were in Atlantic City a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And this comedian, he, he kept picking on the white folks. Mm-hmm. And this one particular lady, and I felt bad for her because it was like, well, you shouldn't have sat in the front. You should know that. <laughs> and it was really just a matter of she was sitting there. Mm-hmm. So he kept going. Oh. And he was funny. Mm-hmm. He was so offensive. But he was funny. Me and Al were cracking up. But we could tell other people were very uncomfortable. And it was us laughing at these other, some other lady, a white lady though, mm-hmm. who thought he was hilarious. <laughs> she was busting a gut. And I was just like, it's okay people to just like exhale and just laugh. It's funny. Well, because yeah, we have to sometimes do like hard times. The way right. that you get pat over things or you get through things is by comedy. You have to poke fun at some levity because you can't all, you can't be so serious and that right. shit will suffocate you. Right. Uh, I yeah, I think they just they were uncomfortable because some of the things he was saying <laughs> were outrageous and, and like some of the things it was about like white people doing white people stuff mm-hmm. and how it really fucks black people up. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like you not wanting to laugh is a little bit of you not wanting to admit that it's true. It's true. And yeah. that and but you should be able to because it is true. He's not Speaking generally, he's talking about his experience. Mm-hmm. So he was telling like anecdotal jokes. Yes. And so he's telling his experience. And if you're able to laugh, then maybe like just a little bit, he'll be less uncomfortable mm-hmm. when the shit happens to him. He's like, you know you do this shit. You know you, you do. Know yeah. You know you do it. Yeah. Just admit it. You know, you ever see white people at a comedy show laughing when, when somebody makes it? Yeah, we do do that. We do that. We do that. <laughs> you can tell that they well, look yeah. around. I, I do it. I do and it. it. And I, because I was trying to think, because, you know, when those comedians also, when they're black comedians and they get up and they go at us, they go at their own people too. And they're like, wow, black people, they describe something and everyone laughs because it's funny and it's very relatable mm-hmm. that, you know, black people do that. You know, it is, right. and of course, it's coming from a place of, like, uh, what is it called? It's another black person to a black person. Mm-hmm. And I wonder, and, but I've seen some comedians who get up and they say something about black people. And the way that they do it is funny. It's right. like, we do do that. And it's right. hilarious. Right. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's just like, they might say this thing about black women and it might be offensive because it's like this old white guy doing it. But then I'm like, it's so true though. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, if I can't, I can't deny it. And I'm like, like my you, mama did that yesterday. Yeah. And what you're saying, the delivery and the intent, I think you can feel that. Because it's just like sometimes even the way that they're presenting the joke, you you know when it's sort of coming from a place of... Um, I don't want to say love, mm-hmm. but no, I'll say love because that's what Ruth says. It's coming from a place of just, I'm poking fun and you're also trying to shed some light on this is some very true mm-hmm. political life, what, I don't know, right. life lesson or life way of it being, you know? Can I just say, what? I said some years ago that I didn't fuck with Louis C.K. Mm-hmm. And I remember people kind of giving me the side eye like I was crazy mm-hmm. and look. 
Because I thought he was just offensive. I thought he was just kind of dirty and it didn't make me laugh. I didn't think he was funny. And people were like, what? You bugging. He's funny. He's this. And I was like, I just remember him also doing like gay bits. And mm-hmm. I was just like, this is just offensive to me. I didn't get, I didn't think it was funny coming from him. I have, and now look. Well, I hadn't seen too much funny. of his stand up. Mm-hmm. I seen bits and pieces, but I watched his show and I did like his show. Mm-hmm. I liked his show because there was definitely, uh, definitely some, realness to it. I think the way that he related to his children was very funny. Mm-hmm. His two little girls. And how he's like, he obviously loved them, but sometimes he's just like, you're a fucking little asshole right now. You know, he would stick the middle. I think that and how just the relationship that he had with people was very real. I think that there was, I enjoyed some, a lot of the show. Yeah. But I, I didn't, I didn't watch the stand-up, so I don't know his his other material. Do you think we'll be those kinds of parents, the ones that'll say our kids are assholes? Like, not to them, per se, but, like, oh, yeah. to other people to just be like, yeah, my daughter, ah, oh, she's, she's being such an asshole today. She doesn't want to put on her shoes anywhere. But like, yeah. do you think we'll be those parents? I think so, if I ever have children. Yes, I think so. <laughs> yeah, because it's like, I, yeah, definitely. You yeah. think so, right? I don't know. I mean, I hope so. I hope I so. I hope I'll be able to be like, ooh, she's a bitch today. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then be like, she's too... And like she's been a two-year-old bitch. Hey, she's advanced by age, right? She learned how to be a bitch already, but she still can't use the body. I I think (laughs) I feel like certain parents feel that way. I do. I think for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, They just don't. They love their two, three-year-old, but she's like, I'm really not. I don't like you right now. You're getting on my goddamn nerves. I ain't feeling your energy today. Mm -hmm. Do you think we should say stuff like that to our kids? Like, you know what? You know what, Maggie? I'm not feeling your energy today. I hope neither one of us names our child Maggie. Because that would be scary. I don't know why it was the first name. It's like, name. have we lost I would never mind? name my kid Maggie. I want to give all my kids Hebrew names. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Like, that's not for either of okay, us. Okay, let's say Miriam. 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 What, what you know what, Miriam? I'm not feeling you today. I told you that this show that I was watching, and the black woman, um, she it was from that crazy stupid show on Netflix. I mean, I mean, it was just, I didn't, it was a stupid show on Netflix where they all had superpowers and it was that girl Ellen Page and she was the only black girl on the show and um, she, I guess she was with a, man, a, a, a white man, I don't know who the father was and her mm-hmm. daughter's name was Claire and it just bothered yeah, me. Yeah, that does She's like, Claire and I was thinking, it, and at first I was thinking, her daughter's adopted. It's a little white girl that she's going to show up with and the daughter's adopted. Right. No, it was a black girl, her name was Claire. That does bother me it, when they do it that. It seemed like they Even were trying to whitewash. Like the Diane, and I guess, yeah, Diane and Jack, and I guess it's supposed to be okay. The theme of the show is like you know, yeah. Bo, especially you know, she's half white and they're blackish. Mm-hmm. But that bothered me. Diane I, and Jack, what the it hell? Didn't bother, it is weird, but it. But I guess for the reason where you're talking about it was blackish, and also her name is fucking Rainbow. So I was like, uh, what the hell is that? Like she's from some well, like her hippie. mom is like super hippie. And, yes, but Jack, yeah. Diane, it, they also. It, it was just like the name seemed so old for them. Right. For they were what like the five when the kid when the show started. Zoe and Junior? Oh Junior. So his name must he he's a junior? What's the father's name? Trey? Oh yeah, I think Trey. Is that Dre. 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 Like Andre? Yeah. And what is they have a new baby, but I don't the know. The new they're... baby's name is Devonte. <laughs> <laughs> no, it isn't. I promise you, Shut like up, from really? Jodeci. <laughs> 
wow. Yes. Okay, girl. So you can't say that. And the Jack point, and well, because the whole point of the episode is about how he's saying she's basically saying like we can't give our kid a crazy name because his name is gonna be Devante. Um, what's his last names on the show? Basically, everyone's always gonna know he's black. Isn't it as like soon as Jones they say or something? It. I don't know. And they're just and he's just like, Johnson. why is that a bad thing? Mm-hmm. Right? He's like, that's not a bad thing. So yeah. she lets him name the baby Devante. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're like, you know, the the least important member of Jodeci. He's like the most important member of Jodeci. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That no, is because a- I, you know, I watched the show. It's like in syndication, so. I'd seen a later episode before I'd seen that episode mm-hmm. and I'd heard them say like baby Devante and I said they did not name that baby Devante. That the kids that is hilarious. Like, Diana Jack. Mm-hmm. Yep. Devante. Okay, well I love it. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Funny. Yeah, it's I, I don't I know that they're doing a spin off, but I don't watch another spin off. Yeah. For Bo. Oh, are they? She's gonna be it's gonna be her characters. Tika Sumter is supposed to play the mother. They're doing a backdoor episode, backdoor pilot now, where Tika Sumter plays the mother, and then uh, I don't. It's another guy who's Anders or something plays. But the plays father. the mother of what? I'm confused. Of her when she's little. They're doing what? a spinoff for Bo when she's little. <laughs> okay, I, I'm all about a spinoff, but how, they they've shown Bo's mother on the show. Mm-hmm. That's a far cry yeah, from I was the like, woman. Completely different complexion. That's. So wild. Yeah. They're that, completely different oh collection. my lord, I can't. Yeah. Maybe, oh god. I think they, they're probably going to try to make it so that it's very apparent that she's black, maybe, I guess. Right, well, I guess Sticky that's why they try dark to give her darker, woman. Yeah. Like, darker mom. But it's like, yeah, she got older, she got much lighter. Oh, hair, complete, hair was completely different texture. I yeah. can't. Anywho, we wanted to talk about your author. Oh yes, Ta... Nishi Tahad, I always pronounce his name in, name incorrectly, which is horrible since I read the book. But I had heard of Tahad Nishi Coates. Mm-hmm. And he's this uh, writer. He's from Del- Maryland, which, you know, Maryland, from Baltimore-like area. And, okay, um, all right. I was so off with this because mm-hmm. I thought he was a woman yes. from, like, Africa. <laughs> well, he his what? name is Egyptian, I believe. <laughs> okay, I'm like, I'm way off with this. His name is Egyptian, I, need I believe. I read something. And it's, it's good because, you know, people have been talking about him for a couple of years now because mm-hmm. uh, they're calling him, like, the new... He's sort of taking... Tony Morris, and they're saying that he's sort of taking over the spot that was left by, like, James James Baldwin. He was very, like... big. Yeah, big, a, big shoes to fill. Yeah. And he... The only book that I read by him, the, just the, the one, was um, Between the World and Me, which he writes as... Uh, sort of a letter, quote-unquote, letter to his son, his teenage son. And it stems off of um, his son seeing, um, I think, I forget when it was, maybe 2012 or 2010, Michael Brown being um, shot, and then him thinking mm-hmm. that the cops were going to be indicted, they were going to, cops were going to go to jail, and it didn't happen. And his son being very upset about that. And the whole, his, the whole um, book, I mean, he talk, touches on a lot of things, but it's basically about our body sort of not being our own. And, um, where's my phone? And then um, he has this really, really, just talking about America and how it's very, the, the dream, the dream of, you know, the white picket fence and to, and to, to get to, to, to reach a pinnacle of sort of achievement mm-hmm. has been constructed on black bodies. And it will, he says, it won't ever change. He, was, he's, he doesn't believe that that will ever go away, that our, that, our, that that will continue to haunt us as long as America exists. And I thought that was interesting. And it kind of, it, it, he doesn't paint a, a great picture. Well, but what do you think? 
I agree. I think from what I've read about the book, from me reading the book, it seems like, how do we dismantle this? And I'll just read this really quickly. But he says, um, the terrible truth is that we cannot will ourselves to an escape on our own. You have been cast into a race in which the wind is always at your face and the hounds are always at your heels. The plunder of black life was drilled into this country in its infancy and reinforced across its history so that plunder has become an heirloom, an intelligence, a sentence, a default setting to which, likely to the end of days, we must, invari- we must invariably return. And I think when he talks about, you know, sort of how we're viewed in America and how things, I, I don't see it changing, even though it seems like a lot of people are just unaware of a lot of things and how race is just soaked into every fiber of america it's ingrained and, it's, yeah, it's, it's ingrained it's so deeply embedded there's you i think there's no there's no way to see where it begins and ends yeah. to even try to dissect it and remove it and there's remove no it no way and there's this prevail like this I agree. Uh, this whiteness and he was and then how he puts it he's just like there's whiteness and he's like now there's all these people who think that they're white you know the jews the italians the Irish, you know, now they're a part of that and they're trying to live that and they're trying to achieve that and how that's harmful to them and then how it's even like, he even touched on like capitalism and how all of that stuff at the end, how it's sort of spilling out and how it's now affecting Mother Earth, you know, how we're trying to live and how we're trying to exist Mm -hmm. and it just doesn't seem like an end to it and then he even goes to Paris and sees how black people are in other places but then they have their own history where they've been sort of you know, put down and, and, and destroyed and you're not destroyed, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Cause and, I was thinking, I don't think it's just America. I think it's the world. It's the the world. racism is different when you go to these different places, but it still exists. Um, even when you go to African nations with the majority of people, there are black people. Mm-hmm. Then you have colorism, which is a racism within our race. And it exists. Yeah. It's, it's really, it's, Ah, it, it's it's a hard pill to swallow, but yeah, I agree with him. I don't, yeah. I, don't I don't think, think it's ever going to go away. Mm. I don't think it's gonna not be a thing. No, no. I, I think agree. what we can do is try to live our lives uplifting each other mm-hmm. as black people. That I think can happen, but again, it's like the reason why we don't, we can't get to the point where we do it to an extent that it makes sense is because the racism is so deep. Yeah. So, and we're different people than we were. I mean, the black people are so varied and we come from so many different places. So we're right. not always going to agree. And I think it's important to have our allies like Josh and I, Josh hasn't read it, but he's going to read it. And one of the things that we were talking about is just that you need allies. It's mm-hmm. like the stuff that they are. It's like they, we as like, you know, black people, you know, you as a, a black woman, it's like, you know these things. You've lived these things. Anyone as a person of color, we know these things. They need to be, the people who need to hear about this are the people who are in, the white people, the non-black people, the non-brown people are in those schools. Mm-hmm. The, the, those white men who are growing up now, who are boys, they need, to, they need to take courses and they need to be, it needs to be ingrained in them, slavery and genocide and all those things. That needs to be a part of their curriculum, a part of their teaching. Their parents should be sitting down and telling them these things so that then they can look at the way that they exist and the way that they go live their lives in the world. Yeah, but it's, us, but it's not. And unfortunately, a lot of people aren't going to come in contact with that until they get to like maybe the college level. Mm-hmm. And then by that point, they're so resistant. Some people 
are so resistant to it. It just makes them angry mm-hmm. that you're holding this mirror up to them. You know, it was like freshman year at Brandeis. We had an Indian professor teaching a class dissecting what the what whiteness really mm-hmm. is and the kids came for her mm-hmm. like there wasn't even any respect for this being an older person a professor a faculty member like mm-hmm. them kids came for her they they came for us because mm-hmm. we defended her i was asked to be removed from class Hold like, on, was this the class that we <laughs> took with uh was she professor was, barry Oh, but I wasn't I like wasn't that. enrolled in the class. Mm-hmm. I was visiting, which mm-hmm. she has every right to let me sit in on her class, mm-hmm. which she said I could do. And someone stopped the middle of class and said, hold up. Why is she here? I don't feel comfortable with this. She needs to leave. And I was like, it's none of your business while I'm here, you know. That, and she's like, but this is a safe space. And I'm like, is it? It's a college class. It's a college classroom. Mm-hmm. And I could tell that the professor was put in such a tough spot. And I was like... I'm going to leave because I don't want you to get in trouble. And mm-hmm. I and I know what these kids will do. So I don't want you to get into any trouble. I'm going to leave. It was me and another girl, mm-hmm. Indian, a dark-skinned Indian girl, Crompy. Mm-hmm. And so we left. Man, when I tell you heated, I mean, I think we ripped through the freaking student center gathering every person <laughs> of color we could to tell them what happened. Mm-hmm. So everyone would be angry with us because it was so ridiculous. I think, yeah, I think they get angry, like we said on the po- I said on the podcast before, is because they're confronted with a way of being that they mm-hmm. aren't comfortable with. It is or just ready, like, or ready, ready to, to hear. It is just like... Give up. Yeah, and it's just like, if you are, maybe a part, I think a part of them believes it, but they get so offended and so upset. It is just like, and I always say, it don't make you a shitty person if you find out you got racist tendencies or you find out you got home sexist or whatever it be. It is it, what you do after that that matters. It's like... We as human beings, we all have that stuff in the stuff in us, but it's just like once you try to like listen to those people, the group that's telling t- telling you that they feel a certain way, that mm-hmm. they're hurt, then that's those are the steps that you need to start making. When you want to cut it off because you're upset and you're angry and people are speaking to you a certain way, mm-hmm. and it's like you want some bullshit. It, it, that's what I feel like. People are just so angry; they don't want their way of life to be rocked. It's all about the, it's like, that really? individual. I was watching. I think it was Vice News. We were watching this. Um, episode and they were talking about education Mm -hmm. and how still the majority of teachers even in certain black communities are still white Mm -hmm. and that there is a bias in you just it's there inherently that we all have these biases and they affect the way that you teach and they affect the way that you treat the kids and Mm -hmm. certain things like that and they were doing these um sensitivity seminars and things like that for the teachers and they were asking them about certain things and certain responses that they have. And this woman raised her hand and um, she basically, she got checked and she was just like, she started crying and she was like, you know, I just realized that my mind went straight to the thing. It was wrong. Like my mind went to the way wrong response. She said, but it was exactly the thing that I think I don't do. Mm-hmm. And I absolutely clearly do it. Because that's exactly where I went just now with mm-hmm. it. And she was crying because she was so upset at herself mm-hmm. that, like, all this time I had these biases and I had these um, these ideas and I wasn't aware of it. And yes. I thought that I was doing right and that, no, I'm not a racist and, no, I don't believe in stereotypes. And she was like, and I clearly very Everyone, much do. Yeah. Yeah. That's powerful. So I think Salute it very much, yeah, you know, it, really it, it very much um, 
it, it shook her a little, but she was, I think, more disappointed at herself well, good for her. than she was upset that someone had pointed it out to it's her. It's hurtful. That I mean, no, I've, I've definitely, some women have pointed, I've had to, I'm pretty sure, like, I always say to myself, like, I'm I'm always pro-women, I'm on a woman's side, and I'm always doing this. And I'm pretty sure there, there are certain things that, obviously, I know I don't understand because I'm a woman, but if some woman pointed out something to me, it's like, I don't feel this, feel comfortable because you have said this to me or you behave in a certain certain way towards me because you're a woman and it's like i can't get upset i can i can understand that i feel like a, a sad about it like what the fuck and no i support women but that's not the way i should be right and and the thing is i think forget it i'm talking like al and i have these conversations all the time and he he never sees it he doesn't and i'm just like you are not a supportive of women and like he doesn't want to hear that but I'm just like I get how you think you are every day because you don't hate women and you have a lot of women in your life that you love mm-hmm. but I'm like but the way that you see things and the fact that you would even want to sit here and debate with me about this and I'm telling you as a woman it's me and other women saying these things and they're very much true but you still want to go back and forth about it as if your perspective matters and it really doesn't in this case because you're the person with the upper hand and we're trying to let you know what that feels like on the bottom. Like, we feel like we're on the bottom of your shoe and we're letting you know. You can't tell me, nah, it don't feel like that on the bottom of my shoe. (laughs) I'm telling you what it feels like on the bottom of your shoe. And the fact that you still want to go back and forth with me about it goes to show that you really don't get it. You think you do, but you don't. But... Because I know we don't even have a lot of time. What I want to know, like, not specific things, mm-hmm. but I want examples of sort of what what kinds of things are you talking about, I guess. Maybe it's like, because that is always, you know, because I deal with that too, dating right. someone who is white in the sense of it's black and white and trying to get them to understand, hoping that they'll understand where I'm coming from and realizing that that's probably never going to happen. I mean, we and can talk me, about things. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you oh, off. No, no, no. No, mm-hmm. just, we could talk about something as simple as like, what is sexual harassment, Mm -hmm. you know? And how, like, there are a lot of guys who, if you grab a woman's butt at work, clear-cut, that's sexual harassment. But is a guy just saying, hello, how you doing on the street, actual sexual harassment? Like, and it's, like, the things that that men don't understand Mm -hmm. about the implication of that action. And I'm just like, yeah, you don't get it. You don't get it. That's interesting. Yeah. But, like, how do you... Because... Because it's weird. Like, how? why do you think some people get it and some people not? And I wanted to ask you a question, too. How? Why do you think some people who are outside of that, some people who are not women, or some people who are not a minority, what do you... How, what do you think it is about them that gets it? Or, like, what do something, you think? Something either has happened or is happening in their lives that they're able to look beyond just who they are, right? So whether it's their experiences and that they've seen certain things and that they're able to empathize and, like, in their core really feel certain things, then I think that could make all the difference. It it doesn't have to be something they've experienced. They might not have even grown up that way. But it could just be what they're seeing and just saying, you know what, I feel that. That ain't right. It's all the white people that, you know, grew up in homes where their parents were like, well, you know those niggers. Mm-hmm. But they were like, mom, that makes me uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And they're just like, I don't have a bunch of black friends, but I just on a human level 
could feel how or, or understand how it's wrong to treat people that mm -hmm. way. Yeah. Sometimes it's just something in people. Always, or something people have gone through. That's true. And with, I mean, I guess we have to go. But I was just, even what you said about, because when I'm having these discussions with, like, Josh, and I'll talk about... I go, just even think about how, like, me as a black person, how mm -hmm. I live in this country. And I'm like, this is what I go through. This Because there's other people. I said, how I live and the things that I have affect other people in other countries. I said, mm -hmm. if we had a, a, someone from a, a developing nation, we were in India. Those people who are, some of those people were in India who are living on the street, didn't have, don't have fresh, clean water. And if they came to this country and they were just like, you fucking American, we hate your guts. You're the worst. You do this to us. You whatever what you're eating, what you're wearing, all of these things are contributing to my life just being shitty. I was I go. I don't think I would get upset. I go. It would be wrong of me to be upset about that. It's like clearly I can visualize the fact that there are people in another who are so far removed mm -hmm. from the way that I live in my existence that what I'm doing, just me existing, or me reaping, just being privileged. Is, is affecting them in a very negative way. What do you do with that? Because you already know it and you know that it's true. Yes. And, and how can you sit there and watch even like a documentary, which is you watching it from as far as the people as possible, of these people starving and having nothing and not be moved or feel something. That if you came face to face with someone yeah. and they said that to you, that you would turn your nose up as if they're crazy. But the Something's thing I, wrong with your brain. When I said that, though, and then I realized that it's something that is removed from us. Mm -hmm. Because for white people or for people who have that problem, we're, they're living alongside us. You know, they may see people of color in their job. They see the Barack Obama. They see the Wills. All these successful, quote-unquote, successful black people. And then they're also seeing black people who are not behaving the way that they should behave. They think they should behave. Yeah. Uh, and they're also seeing, you know, people like you and I who are working alongside them. So I think with that, it is a little bit different because they're thinking, well, you have the same opportunities as me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, racist people don't exist in America anymore. And, you know, we, you know, sexist, that doesn't exist. It's funny. Most people will say that racism Sex doesn't exist. But sexism, but without no a doubt, still exists. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's interesting. Well, I think part of it, too, is, A, it's, it, it's just um, with, you know, with black people and our history in this country, there's layers to it, right? Mm -hmm. There's a lot going on there. But I think there is also to an extent where people can be desensitized because we are living side by side. Mm -hmm. it, it is something that they're hit with every day. Mm -hmm. And then they're seeing so many different types of black people mm -hmm. that it's just like, well, I don't know what to believe. So mm -hmm. I'm just going to go with what makes me get up and feel good about myself in the morning. I'm not a bad person. Mm -hmm. This is what it comes down to for some people. It's just like, I don't, like, try to hold black people back. As far as they know, mm -hmm. I'm not a bad person. But, again, there's layers to it. There's Very all kinds of things that you can be doing in your day-to-day -day that actually does hold black people back. Mm -hmm. And not passively. Actively, actively. hold black people back. But, again, like, it's something that they can be very desensitized to. It's not in the forefront of their minds. And, unfortunately... We feel like it's our need to keep reminding, but folks don't always want to keep being reminded. Do you think that the Me Too, like women, because it seems like in history, I could be wrong. It's Well, from what I've read and from just being alive, it doesn't seem like anything like when Me Too, the whole movement started moving and had a momentum and is still very strong. It, nothing like that is ever happening, especially based on genders, where it's just like well, we're only two genders. Mm -hmm. And 
sometimes I feel, and I just thought about this, I wonder if a, a large part of the reason why I feel like some things will stick with um, uh, with the sort of gender bias and in the, the Me Too movement is because a large population of those women are not women of color. Absolutely. Absolutely. If If the Me Too movement was surrounded by, if it was rooted in just women of color, it would not have picked up. I think the sort of traction and sort of momentum that it had. Look at how long it took for them to take down folks like R. Kelly. And, and, and like, you know, we joke because this R. Kelly thing really is such a fucking circus. But, mm -hmm. I mean, it is really one of those things where it was just like, yeah, if only women of color, specifically black women, are speaking up about something, unfortunately, it doesn't get the same eyes and ears. How do you feel? Like, do you now I'm like, do you feel like when you not because they had this whole thing about you know when the Me Too movement and they had this um like a couple of years ago these actresses groups of group of actresses mm -hmm. from all races and they had this um one incident between Selma Hayek who's Mexican mm -hmm. and then Jessica Williams who's from Two Top Queens and um you know she's black and she was basically they were basically saying you know change the narrative you know don't be the victim and you know when you're a woman basically just do what you can do to just stand out they, that's kind of what the gist that they were saying and she said well what about she's like well what about women who are women of color or who have some sort of handicap jessica williams mm -hmm. she was like well clearly i'm walking into basically clearly i'm walking into the room already at a disadvantage because i look a certain way yeah. i be here you know and then you know i be I, I come off a certain way and then they kept they said to her, "Well, well, who who are who are you? Who are you if you're not a, a black woman? Who are you if you're not like another? Who are you not a lesbian?" And she just said, "Well, she's like, well, she's like, I'm Jessica, I'm myself, but she's like, sometimes I'm a black woman, sometimes I'm this. She's like, that's who I am made of. That who makes me. And it seemed like it. It seems like it was this disconnect between women. It seems like they didn't want to recognize the fact that there are different levels in oppression, like with." You know, mm -hmm. black women experience different things than Latino women. Latino experience different things than Asian women and in white women. It's like, yes, you may be oppressed as a woman and you go through But our things. oppression doesn't look the same. Our oppression doesn't look the same, even in that small... And I feel like that's also what I've been hearing a lot of talk around, even with the Mewtwo moment. It's just like, listen, you as a white woman, yes, you have your issues and those are very, very, very valid. But also recognize the fact that you're not on the same level as a woman of color. Mm -hmm. And that also needs to be recognized. And I feel like that sometimes is a hard pill for people to swallow. Oh, absolutely. Because sometimes people also, it's not that they want to take comfort in their oppression, but no one wants to be told that somebody else has it worst, you know, because then they feel like it's a downplaying of the shit that they're going through. And it's like, it's not. Those two things can exist at the same time. That's kind of like we were talking about with that whole, um, um, what's the chick from Jane the Virgin? Gina um, Rodriguez. With Gina Rodriguez, mm -hmm. where it was like, you know, for like black women basically telling her to sit down, or people in general, mm -hmm. telling her to sit down and stop talking about all the injustices of the Latino women because it's not their time. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, on certain occasions, it just, it's not appropriate. And mm -hmm. I can agree that it probably was not appropriate on certain occasions, mm -hmm. but you can't tell her that. Mm -hmm. She has to walk through that every day. Mm -hmm. It's not appropriate when she gets the door slammed in her face because yeah. she's Latina either. Yeah. Like, it's never appropriate when the discrimination is happening to you. So are you supposed to wait for an appropriate time mm -hmm. to bring it up? 
bullshit. Mm-hmm. So I can understand where she's coming from, but unfortunately, people would just, you know, it's like, okay, one oppression at a time. We can't deal with both. <laughs> like, okay, the blacks are up, Latinos, we might get to you in 2023. Yeah. Hang tight. We'll see how this black thing goes. If we get bored of it, you might get to get on a little earlier. We'll see. Um, but no, yeah, no one wants to be told that their oppressions were so, you know, if white women step up and say, well, we're being oppressed, and then they go, but what about the black women? Then it's all of a sudden negates what the white women are saying because mm-hmm. now we have to focus on the black women's oppression. That's a good point. As if they can't both exist. Again, as if they both can't say, you know what? We're both oppressed. Why don't we get together and do something because it's some bullshit. Mm-hmm. And I think your oppression is probably a little worse. So, you know, we're going to deal with this as a whole mm-hmm. and then we're going to get to the intricacies. Mm-hmm. That's important. No one's doing that. I, I think that's important. I think some of the women's are the women groups are coming together, but I yeah. I've mentioned this before. I think people of color need to start doing that more. To I me, mean, I don't feel like started by black women. Like, yeah, it's it's you know it's interesting. But I think she had a lot of support in oh, white. For sure. I mean, and I think I mean, she had to. And yeah, and I think that's necessary. I think that's necessary. I think uh, we can't do it alone. And like I always say, like I feel like with people of color. You know, our closest, you know, and his and Tanishi Coates, and I'm so sorry I'm, like, butchering his name because, you know, I have to get that right. I've read the book. He mentions, you know, Latino people when he moved into a certain community in New York in particular as, like, the cousins, you know, as of black people who sort of, you know, there's a difference, of course, but there's a lot of shared experiences and, right. and, 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 and lifestyle and all of that. And I think sometimes it's, it just benefits us more if we recognize, like you're saying, come together address this as a whole and then the small shit comes later right that's all mm-hmm. alright well I just took my wig off so that oh, means yeah, it means it's time to go time to go <laughs> child we went a little long today but apparently we had tons to talk mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. Al's cooking in the background yes, I don't yes. know if they had his chicken <laughs> chicken schnitzel frying mm-hmm. that he's got going he came some recipe matzo meal and oh. and almond something. I don't oh, know. That's so sweet. He's all about frying up this chicken Aww. schnitzel for hog matzo. So, um, so, so you probably hear him banging pans in the background. Um, really quickly, so Essence Beauty Carnival yes. is this weekend. This weekend. <laughs> mm-hmm. Essence is not paying us to do an ad. I got yeah. a plug from my peeps. Yes, and recently, okay. I don't think since we've talked, we know now that you are the Associate Beauty yes. Editor at yes, Essence. Queen. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes. Congratulations. So, of course, thank you, thank you. Uh, of course, Beauty Carnival is going to be a rad time mm-hmm. if you're like a beauty lover, any kind of beauty aficionado, influencer, whatever, it's a great place to just come and convene. Um, the tickets are on essence.com slash beauty carnival. So people can grab those. Um, and you can also go to any essence social media at essence. Mm-hmm. Um, you can follow me at always fashion week on Instagram. You can follow me at Standrick W on Instagram. You can follow us at black hipster, um, podcast on Instagram. Yes. Um, you can email us at gmail at black hipster, black hipster, black hipster podcast at gmail.com. Absolutely. You can, um, follow us, um, subscribe, rate us on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to, um, your podcast. Yep, yep. Yes. And send us those comments, DM us, whatever you feel like. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, Let's see what happens in the next week of the crazies of the crazies. Mm -hmm. In the meantime, bye. bye.